0: Welcome to the CFC Jack's Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, Spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast. Well, hey, everybody, not sure if I'm on or not. But this is our time for Q&A. We do a Q&A after each of our morning services. It's an opportunity for you to ask any questions that you might have based on the text that we looked at and uh, the sermon I gave. So I want to invite you to, for this uh, number that's on the screen there, that you can text me any question normally. Uh, the empty chair is filled by Tracy, but uh, as you saw, she was just giving the announcement to go out to Power Surge. So, we had a phenomenal week this week in power-up clubs, and now we have a whole bunch of people, a couple thousand people on campus for our uh, Power Surge Sunday at Carnival. And so, uh, sorry you're missing that if you watched online this morning but uh, glad that you're staying on for this time of Q&A. And want to invite you, like I said, to, to send a question. So I had a question, first of all, that I think this is very funny. I think I locked Tracy out of the room. I have to go. Oh, she made it. I heard her trying to get in, and I locked her out. So uh, I did read that um, there was a first question here, and then Tracy will take take it over. What's the code here?
1: <laughs> Three thousand.
0: Three thousand. Okay. <laughs> okay. What about when you give your word, but circumstances out of your control stop you from keeping it? Is that being untruthful. So, good question. You made a promise, and then circumstances kept you from doing that. N- number one, uh, we we try not to make promises uh, that are outside of our control to keep. That said, it would be impossible to never make promises that are outside of your control. Like, uh, we planned dinner with another couple last night, and if we would uh, have, then for some reason, out of our control, suppose our little granddaughter—I uh, don't even want to say this. So I, I was going to say dies, but I want that, that, that's want Something happens more, that something yes, bail me out here. Really? Yeah, so that some something structure. happens to her that we have to run to the hospital. Did we not keep our word? No, we send a a text or we call this, come and say, hey, we hate to do this, but, and what do they, they fully understand circumstances, dictate that I have to change my plan. So Tony dealt with this a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago at the end of James Mm -hmm. chapter four. Uh, So two principles there that I think I wanna make sure you, you captured. Try not to make promises that are outside of your control. Understand though that planning does require you to make promises that sometimes circumstances are going to change. If you have cultivated a reputation of keeping your word, that will be far easily more easily understood. If you're a person that cancels mm. Uh, consistently, then when I get that text or I get that call that says, hey, I hate to say this, but we had a crisis come up, immediately, honestly, I'm thinking, mm, wonder what the crisis was. Like, I'm tired, that was the crisis, or I don't feel like it anymore, that's the crisis. So, it, the reputation we have established goes a long way in answering that question. So, be, be, let's be people who are of our word. Final thought, Paul actually planned to make a visit to Corinth, could not make the visit, and he got uh, lamb blasted by them for not keeping his word. Mm-hmm. But the circumstances were such that he could not keep his word. He wrote them and they apologized, but he knew that some people were going to hold it against him. So mm-hmm. uh, there will be some collateral damage sometimes that if – Circumstances change. Sometimes people view circumstances differently than you, and they may think, well, those circumstances didn't really dictate you not being able to keep your word. That's why uh, slow to make promises that we can't control and committed deeply to keep them as long as we can, as often as we can, and make it the rare, rare exception that we can't.
1: You know, in that uh, response, you mentioned reputation. Yeah. Um, if you have the reputation for being truthful, what would you say to someone who doesn't hold that reputation for being truthful,
0: but yeah.
1: wishing to make that?
0: Yeah, to make a like, change. Yeah,
1: to make a change. Yeah, uh,
0: go. Be patient. It's <laughs> it's. You can ruin a reputation in a in a hurry, and it take a long time to restore a mm. reputation. I think we all know that to be true. So uh, we can know. I could know in my heart, no, I'm doing better. I've been telling the truth. I have been keeping my promises. I know I didn't used to, but I have been. You can be on that path for yourself a long time before other people experience it enough to truly trust you. So uh, that's a great question, Tracy. First of all, um, we're honest I haven't been faithful, I haven't been trustworthy, I haven't told the truth. You have every reason to not trust me. But I am, I promise, <laughs> on a new path, but those are just words, and you've wor- those words have burned people before, so you're gonna have to be patient, and when they don't believe you, don't get mad. I've seen, uh, in the situation of where a trust has been broken in marriage, and the individual who has been offended is so deeply hurt that even when the offender is on a new path of wanting to be trustworthy and wanting to tell the truth, uh, they just can't believe them well they can but it's just very difficult to and then the end the offender gets mad that the offended doesn't get with the program that I'm a new person and it can quickly spiral back down you understand mm-hmm. am i making sense yeah, okay that sense. yeah that I have offended and so now I'm mad at you and it just goes back down so that's what i mean first and foremost if you're trying to set a new reputation be patient understanding that it's going to take time and people are going to be suspicious. Instead of being mad at them for doing that, understand you created that. That was your handiwork, so you're going to have to live with that for longer than you want. Uh, like my friend Mark, who had 39 proton therapy treatments of poison in his body the day he stopped receiving those it he didn't get better mm. it took time you put that much poison in it's going to take time just because you stop doesn't mean you're immediately better just because you stop telling lies just because you stop taking Uh, fulfilling promises. Uh, Stop breaking your promises. It doesn't mean, oh, it's all better. It's going to take time for that poison to kind of get out of the body. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a good analogy. I don't know. Uh, But it takes time until you can turn that corner. Don't get mad when people don't get with the program immediately.
1: Yeah, it takes time to, it's easy to tear something down, but it takes time to build.
0: Which is why when we tell a lie, when we don't keep our word, we realize it's gonna take a long, a lot more work to restore mm-hmm. this than it did to tear it down in a moment. So let that, honestly, let that be a motivation to keep your work.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a mess.
0: Yes, it is.
1: That's created. Um, and, and I've heard this before, like the difference between like, uh, it's a partial truth. There is truth in it, but yeah. some details left out.
0: And the question is, what was the intent? Mm. Were the details left out because they were unnecessary, or the details were left out in order to deceive? Right. See, uh, and I think again, that's what Jesus. I hope you captured in the message. Jesus was returning to, you are intentionally deceiving, and the intent of the command is to keep your words. So. Um, It's not whether the details were in or out. It is why they were in or why they were out because we can add details or delete details or we can tell some information and not tell other information always with the intent either to help understand Mm -hmm. or to deceive. And we know when we're doing. Right. We're doing that.
1: We're choosing to leave things out to protect ourselves or benefit ourselves or whatever that.
0: Yes, when I had was. when I had the line across my face,
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh,
0: Jay asked, "What happened?" And I said, "Well, I had a uh, I got a rope burn plane at the end of the dock, which was true, but it was an intent to deceive. <laughs> I didn't really want to tell you. her the truth. It was true. It just I didn't want to have to tell her the full truth. Nor you, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought it up. But don't ask.
1: Don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. This book that you referenced, it seems like a really... I've heard the story of Robertson McQuilkin Mm -hmm. again, and I know you know it well, but was there anything rereading this that really captured you on the element of commitment maybe that Mm. you hadn't thought of before?
0: Well, uh, let me say the name, A Promise Kept, The Story of Unforgettable Love by Robertson McQuilkin. If you have not read it, I would encourage you to read it, and there's, if you don't want to buy a book. There's plenty of things. If you just Google Living by Vows" or Promise Kept Robertson McQuilkin, some of these articles will come up. He, uh, They've been published in different magazines, but they are, they're available if you don't want to buy a book. This is the book version. It's very touching. Uh, the question was anything that I didn't share. I think what was most compelling to me was his entire view, she had early onset and then lasted a long, 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 long time. Uh, it was a 25-year process of him loving his wife. As in his description, the light just continued to dim until it was like barely visible. But his his uh, commitment was not just Commitment. It wasn't just stoic. It wasn't just duty. Mm. He genuinely loved Muriel, and therefore he considered it his privilege to care for her. And he he said, uh, people would would ask him, "Do you miss the being a president? Do you miss the role? Do you miss the challenge?" And um, he gives some great answers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which means you got to read the book. I was going to give the
0: answer, but I thought, why would I give the answer? Come on. Which
1: means you got to read the book. Yeah. Uh, we do have a question in regards to uh, not making an oath. Is it a wisdom issue or a sin issue? And they're asking specifically about punctuality and work-related deadlines. So not being on time or completing work as promised.
0: So you say you're going to be there by seven, and you don't get there by seven till seven fifteen reg- regularly. Maybe I don't know if that's the question. I'm let's start sure with let's start with let's start with punctuality. It, is it a sin to not be punctual? Um, the Bible never says thou shalt be on time. So. I want to make sure we take it at least one step away from breaking a clear command of Scripture, because the Bible doesn't say, thou shalt be on time. We should be intent, what we said, uh, the whole message this morning, be people who tell the truth and whose word can be counted upon. So... If I am regularly late, I should learn to not promise I'll be on time. Mm. <laughs> because we all know people who are regularly late, and we don't think they're going to show up. I can learn to live with that, Um but that's my side of it. When I do that, am I sinning? I'm reluctant to go, that's a sin. Because hmm. would we ever, and if you're wondering about my pause, here's the pause. Are we really ever going to, as elders, Bring somebody before the church and practice the, the the discipline of restoring a brother recorded in Matthew 18 because a person is routinely, regularly, and unrepentant about their tardiness. We wouldn't – I don't think we would. I would say it undermines your – character, your testimony. It causes people to have a distaste for your word and your reliability, and those are important things as part of our character and our testimony. If if it's your job, you're running the risk of losing your job because of being irresponsible, if it's a deadline and you don't meet your job deadlines, then you you may lose your job. And they don't have to say whether it was a sin or not. They simply have to say you can't be counted upon. Mm. So uh, I want to be careful to not say things stronger than the Bible says. I know I'm probably frustrating some people, but... Um, I can certainly get there in principle that this is a a repeated pattern of it may be indicative of a sin problem, Hmm. okay? That's as close as I think I want to get. The repeated pattern of lateness may be indicative of an undisciplined life, therefore a sin problem, but being late, a sin. Being late without cause, a sin, because all of us are late. Right, it happens to all of us. Sure, there's an accident, totally out of my control. And so, like we talked about, keeping your word whenever you can, so that when circumstances keep you from not keeping your word, be on time whenever you can, so that when circumstances dictate that you can't, it really is the exception, it Mm -hmm. isn't the rule. If you are regularly late, learn to live a more disciplined life because it's it's unloving to people who have committed to be on time and who do keep their work deadlines when we don't do those things. Yeah. Anything you want to add to that?
1: No, I, I don't. I think it was a good differentiation of not pushing that towards a sin. when scripture hasn't said that yeah. that is there could be an underlying heart issue there.
0: Yeah, as committed as I want to be to when the Scripture names sin, that we're not shrinking back mm-hmm. and calling sin, sin, right. I don't want to overstep and call things sin uh, that aren't sin. That may right. be, again, a heart issue, an undisciplined life issue. But I think we can get judgmental Uh and very hard to live with when we want to name everything a sin.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, question here about, so it says, telling the truth to a person who has Alzheimer's disease or mm-hmm. dementia has been questioned when it might upset them or already impact their tough situation. And so how do you reconcile this with God's word? So they gave an example, um, you know, their spouse's past, but it will upset them. That their spouse is no longer alive or they need to be given – or they're given a serious um, health diagnosis, but yet it would impact them negatively. negatively.
0: Yeah, I think that there is – there's probably – and I understand as soon as you open this door, this could be abused, so don't abuse this. But in the same way, I don't think we would wrestle with the appropriateness for not telling a child every truth Mm. because they could not handle it, and so we lovingly don't tell them the truth. I think we could do the same thing for an Alzheimer's patient that we... Don't tell them the truth because they don't have any longer the mental capacity to handle it. So, um, you could abuse that. Don't. The intent the intent of speaking the truth is love. Speak the truth in love. And so we need to always ask ourselves, is the truth loving here? And... Um, and that doesn't mean it's liked. That's not what I'm saying. I have to speak the truth many times, not when it is loving, even though it isn't liked. So don't um, equate the two, loved and liked. But if a person cannot, if a child cannot handle it and I don't, then I think an Alzheimer's patient, I would think the same principle would apply.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that situation. That's a.
0: That's a... That's a Good question, to be honest. I don't even want to say that, to be honest. To full disclosure, I've not had uh, someone close in my life or family who has dealt with Alzheimer's, so I haven't had to wrestle with that personally. So I'm answering from theory they not from experience so that's kind of just truth and advertising there. sometimes we we don't know how to answer stuff until we're in it and then we get it more clearly so I haven't mm-hmm. been there that would have been a great question for for Robertson
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be that would be well anything else you would want to wrap up with this morning?
0: the the context of the passage was, if you'll remember, just last week, first uh, verses in chapter five were, people's lives were hard because of the sin of others. Mm. And so that was two weeks ago. Last week, we said, how do we deal with people? How do we live when other people are making our life hard? Be long suffering. When he says, "But above all, my brethren," I think he is saying, and, I, and I'm bringing this up because I had a shortened service because of a uh, power surge this morning. I didn't take the time to address. I think what he's saying is, when other people sin against you, then you often will justify well, you. When people sin against me, I can justify that, well, they didn't tell the truth to me. I'm not going to tell the truth to Mm -hmm. them. Or they didn't keep their promise to me. I'm not going to keep my promise to them. Mm -hmm. And therefore, uh, he goes, above all, my brethren. In other words, people have made life hard, hard for you by they've sinned against you. We talked about this a little bit last week two wrongs doesn't make a right. Their sin against you does not justify your sin against them. Their lying to you doesn't justify you lying to them. Their breaking their word to you does not justify you breaking your word to them. Above all, brethren... Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no, so that you don't fall under judgment. In other words, the very judgment that they're going to incur by their lack of truthfulness, by their lack of trustworthiness. Don't put yourself in the same boat with them. Which is easy to do. We can so yes. easily become the people we despise.
1: Yes, it's a very slippery slippery slope.
0: Yes, we don't think we will, but we become the people we despise. Mm-hmm. So that was the last thing. That's it. That's all I got. That's
1: a good last thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks. Well, thank you so much for all of your questions this morning. We appreciate you joining us and hope you have a great day.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.